Today on episode 488 of the I Am Salt Lake podcast, we get a chat with our new friend Chase from the SLC Foodie account on Instagram. This was such an awesome and fun conversation uh, that we had with Chase. We get to find out what motivated him to start taking pictures of food and putting them on Instagram. This was like eight years ago, eight, nine years ago when he started this account. And then what eventually led him to uh, get it like a foodie segment on Fox 13 uh, News or whatnot. You know, we talk about that in this conversation. We talk about some of Chase's uh, recent foodie discoveries here in Utah. We even find out how Chase likes to have his steaks cooked. I don't know if you remember that part of the conversation, Chrissy. <laughs> uh, we were talking about steaks. I definitely remember. Uh, we're going to get into that here in just a minute. But before we do, let's introduce ourselves. Absolutely. I'm Chrissy Hollifield. And I'm Chris Hollifield. And we are the hosts of your show, What Show You Ask? Why I'm Glad You Asked. This is the I Am Salt Lake podcast, where every week we get to share a new episode with you guys showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City, Utah. We get to talk to business owners, artists, musicians, restaurant owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. Hey, do you miss going to movies? Well, you're in luck because this summer, the nonprofit Sundance Institute is kicking off a free new screening series called For the Locals to say thank you to its home state. The outdoor program will spotlight buzzy feature films and shorts from the 2021 Sundance Film Festival program, and admission is free. To see the complete film lineup and save your spot at these special outdoor and drive-in events in Park City in Salt Lake County, visit Sundance.org, and we'll see you soon, Utahns. And many thanks to Sundance Institute for being a sponsor of this podcast. All right, let's get into that conversation that we had with Chase from SLC Foodie on Instagram. What a rad guy. Enjoy the conversation. Uh, I saw that video that you made of that tomahawk steak at that steakhouse in Park City. Oh my gosh, man. Like that thing, this was a while back, I think, that I was I was snooping through your Instagram, but man, that thing just made me hungry. <laughs> but um no, that that is a solid uh, steak from a Grub Steakhouse. Is that where? Yeah, that's so you know what what tomahawk steak I was talking about. But uh, oh yeah, I was gonna say there's very few that I've actually because tomahawk steaks they look amazing, but if you don't know how to cook them properly, you could destroy uh, you know a ninety dollar steak. Oh holy cow! Well, that's what I was. I was actually gonna tell Chrissy that I was gonna say I think I want to smoke a, a tomahawk steak for father's day so yeah you, you said i could oh way to drop a bomb right now on <laughs> right, right right when i, right when I, but yeah, I, I don't want to ruin it now though you're kind of making me nervous with that though a little bit chase but uh, you have to ruin a few steaks before you make it you know a hundred percent and you can never ruin a, a steak if you don't overcook it it's kind of my thought process how do you how do you ask for your steaks what do, what do you ask are you a medium? Well, it depends. Yeah, I was going to say, it depends on where I'm eating. Uh, medium rares usually my go-to. If I know the place is, has great quality, I'll jump to rare or even blue rare. What? 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 <laughs> What's blue rare? <laughs> it's the rarest you can get. It's practically still alive. <laughs> wow. I mean, I had a cold steak accidentally once. Like, it didn't get cooked, so it was still cold inside. Would that count? Yeah. Well, no, I, I wouldn't say That's that just would gross. count. <laughs> That's just yeah. poorly made. Okay. I was going to say, that might just be like a frozen steak. Um, <laughs> <but> no. <laughs> barbecues aren't the best place for steak. 
weeks. <laughs> but no, Blue Rare literally is, it was seared on the outside, but it's completely red through. So there is no like brown to the meat whatsoever, where if you cut something that's rare, you end up with kind of a pink band and then mm-hmm. the red in the middle. No, this is like literally red all the way through. So you really have to love your, your steaks rare to go blue rare. I got to try that one time in my life. Did I mean, were you nervous at all? Like for some reason, I, I mean, I know it's okay with steaks, I guess. Right. But raw yeah. meat just makes me nervous. I just, <laughs> I just have a hard time with it. I, I don't know why. You know, I, uh, it's funny. I met someone at a, it was a private dinner and, uh, they were telling me about their travel throughout the world and their experience with raw things. Cause this dinner was completely, everything that came out was raw. And, <laughs> you know, this Wait, you were at a, you were at a raw dinner. Yeah, raw dinner. Yeah. So it was focused on seafood. So everything was raw. You know, there was obviously like the ahi tuna, but the prawns were raw, which, you know, you don't really jump into like raw prawns. They cooked it in lemon juices, but it was never cooked in heat, I guess is the better way to put it. Nothing had heat to it whatsoever on the, uh, it's like seven courses, I want to say. Wow. Almost like a, like a fermentation style of some kind. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't even know if it, I wouldn't even call it it's fermentation. It, yeah, it, but I know what you mean, like acidity. Like the the lemon is acidic and it right. cooks the meat. It's kind of like ceviche, basically. Um, okay. But it, it's a chemical reaction of some sort. Chemical reaction. That's what we were going for. Science. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say. Everyone asks me all the time. You must be a chef. You must be a great cook. It's like no, I just know what tastes great in my mouth. <laughs> I yeah, have no idea part, right? how to cook things or. Uh, you know, come up with these creative combos. It's 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 really interesting. But no, Blue Rare. If you feel comfortable with the steakhouse that you're at, it's always something fun to get. You know, you can't get Blue Rare if you go to a chain steakhouse. They usually won't do it for you. But uh, you go to a nice steakhouse, you can get a Blue Rare steak. You know, like grub steak that we were talking about. You could order and Blue Rare there. Right. Huh. That's that makes sense. Like, because a chain, it would probably be mostly from frozen and. You want like local selected fresh stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, knock on wood, I've never got food poisoning from a a beef steak. Uh, I've done, uh, actually that dinner I was just telling you about, they had bison tartare, and that's completely raw. That literally is not cooked. I don't even think they use any lemon juice or anything. It looks like a a uncooked beef patty uh, because it's ground up typically. On your plate. Yeah, meat cookie. Raw meat cookie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And they usually put something absorbent under it, like a small biscuit of some sort or cracker, so you don't end up, you know, with a a puddle of blood on your plate. Yum. I'm so (laughs) glad we started talking about steak. (laughs) Just kidding. Actually, I love steak. What a great way to start the podcast, man. Like, seriously, I love steaks, man. I love steaks. If we start a band, can we call it Puddle of Blood? Yeah, it'll be like a a throwback 90s. We got this. I'm already planning (laughs) it, you guys. You don't even know you're in. (laughs) So let's talk about this Instagram account, man. SLC Foodie. This is how I found you on Instagram. I mean, you've been doing this for a little while. I mean, you have quite the following. How how long have you been doing this uh, Instagram account? When did you start this? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, a long time ago. Gosh, I'm like the grandfather of Instagram. It started in 2012. 
Okay. Oh, wow. So oh, actually, geez. that was the same year that I started this podcast. Man. Yeah, yeah. And you were hey, doing Insta walks then too, like Insta stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I was doing some photo walks and stuff like that. So that's cool, man. So what was the motivation behind starting the uh, Instagram account? Like, why did you start it? What was, what was the reasoning? You know, it's interesting. I did it for myself, uh, which is crazy to say, because usually when you create an Instagram nowadays, you're doing it for others, right? You have some type of motive behind it. But I did it for myself to catalog my favorite spots. I'm very uh, photo-based memory. If you gave me a bunch of text, I put it in front of me, I'd forget it 15 seconds later. You show me a photo, I can remember it. So Instagram was the first platform that allowed me to upload a photo, but also attach a location to that photo. So double whammy there. I don't have to put any text. It automatically has the text tags as far as location based off like the Google results. So it's complete. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's where uh, uh, SLC foodie came from. I literally was eating a sandwich from Fieldman's Deli and one of the great, you know, sandwich yeah. shops downtown Salt Lake City, sitting on my sister's couch up in the avenues in one of those you know, those house conversions that they cut up into like 13 apartments somehow. <laughs> and uh, she goes, Hey, Instagram's available for Android. You should get on there now because my family's big Apple fans and Instagram was available for Apple fans back in 2011, I believe. And finally the poor man version launched. Yeah, for Android, you know. (laughs) I I like to, you know, back then, you know, Android phones, you could, uh, you know, do ROMs on them and make them customized, and there was points to doing that. So I've always liked open source, you know. I have the control of my my equipment. So I never jumped into, uh, you know, into the the Apple game. But, uh, yeah, they dropped it on Instagram. I posted my first photo. And uh, I think I got like 23 likes. I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. (laughs) People love food, man. All right. It's that time of the podcast. We're going to take just a couple of minutes, tell you about one of our awesome sponsors. Longtime listeners, you guys hear us talk about them every week. UtahMarijuana.org. They're your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. Let's stop and give a quick shout out to uh, Tim, my co-host on my other podcast, Utah on the Weeds. He's the guy behind UtahMarijuana.org and check it out now. He's a sponsor of the podcast. Well, their team of medical cannabis experts, they're going to make getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. With over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Just use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Take advantage of that. Again, that code is GREEN25. This is going to save you $25, and it's going to tell them that you're a listener of the podcast and it's going to uh, it's going to support us. You know, that's our way of uh, supporting the podcast. So depending on where you're located in the valley, they have a, a location just for you. Head on over to utahmarijuana.org. They're going to have all the information there. Isn't it time that you took control of your own health? utahmarijuana.org. Feel better. Mm-hmm. 
was that the idea though when you started to just do food or when did the when did it morph into just a like SLC foodie? So that was the name right when I started it. Okay. Uh yeah, so funny enough, I literally I mean, I'm sitting in Salt Lake and my friends always call me the foodie out of the group because I'm the one that's eating in the corner while everyone was, you know, doing something else. And uh so I was like, hey, SLC foodie, that sounds good. I gotta put put a username to it. Um, and over the years, you know, at first, I think most people didn't really know what Instagram was for. It was just, you know, upload a photo with a, a filter that makes it look like it's from the 1990s was kind of the film. <laughs> <laughs> and they hit digital, thematic, like yeah. Digital, digital Polaroids. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You know, I look back on some of the photos and it's just funny because it's cringy how bad camera phones were, first of all. And then you, you know, put this polarized filter over it and it's just the food doesn't look appetizing. But that was what was popular <laughs> back then. But uh, it evolved, you know, over the years, uh, you know, 13, 14, uh, I was into fitness. So I started pulling in a lot of fitness because people kept on asking me, how do you eat like crap and you stay so normal sized, you know, if if you want to, if you want to call something normal. But uh, so I was like, hey, I'll start posting about my fitness routines and whatnot. And that evolved, you know, it it went on for a little bit. And then uh, I started realizing I was alienating a, a big part of the population that might be interested in, you know, what I'm eating. They didn't like want to see. donuts? Hello. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like people don't want to see you go work out and then eat donuts and then still have a six pack. It just, you know, it pisses off some people. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you weren't sharing good food. I was like, <laughs> oh, no, I was I was sharing amazing food. I, and I literally like it was a, it, my gimmick was, can I outwork a bad diet? You know, all the fitness pros are all you can't outwork a bad diet your fitness starts in the kitchen um, yeah 90 percent uh what do they say 90 percent uh food related and 10 percent workout related is like the balance 100 percent. and uh this was kind of my like uh haha let's let's see if i can change that and that's really what it started out as was one me cataloging my favorite spots with the location and then as people started to follow and, and kind of ask for certain things you know hey how do you stay so fit eating like this well let me show you some workout routines and whatnot and then that audience kind of evolved and evolved and then i started realizing that a lot of the population one didn't want to see you know selfies at the gym with some inspirational content next to them <laughs> and then a donut after or four McDoubles with ranch packets from McDonald's and a McFlurry. You know, it, so I, I realized why I followed people on Instagram, which was usually for one reason. I didn't care to see their lives. We got MySpace, Facebook, you know, back then. I just wanted to see one thing. So I realized the audience really wanted to see what I was eating and that's really what they wanted to do. So I created that curated experience and I kept it local. I didn't, you know, I travel a bit and I've never posted any uh, food photos outside of, uh, you know, the Salt Lake and Weber and Utah County area. Right on. Dude, that's, that's awesome. It's, I mean, do you have like any allergy restrictions or anything? Cause that would be like my tough part. Cause like, you know, I don't do gluten and I don't do this and stuff. So it's like, that would be my tough part with like really being able to do a proper food yeah, journalish the, type thing. Because if you like, don't, if you can't just like go for it and eat anything, it kind of seems like it would make it a little more difficult. Yeah, no, uh, fortunately, no, not that I know of. I haven't encountered anything. I think uh, I did. I did have this uh, kiwi 
uh, smoothie, and I mean, it probably had like 15 kiwis in it. And I did have a, a, a moment there where I thought my, my throat might be closing up. So I popped a Benadryl and, you know, prayed to God, <laughs> get me through this. And, uh, you know, it, it, it worked out. But I, so I think I might be slightly allergic to kiwi seeds. But uh, yeah, but you so don't I kinda... grab an EpiPen, bring it with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, that's right? the thing. I mean, as long as you can just go get a regular burger, you can go get a regular sandwich. Because that's that's the hardest thing, man. Because like. I, I really just like say, let's just use gluten, for example. I just eliminated gluten maybe, you know, six or seven years ago. So I remember back, you know, Grove Market sandwiches. I I know oh, a yeah. good sandwich in Utah. And, and so it's so frustrating for me that I can't just go eat that anymore without getting without getting uh, a little sick, you know. So No, I, I hear you. You know, and I, I get a lot of people that DM me and they ask me, you know, hey, do you know some great GF spots? Keto's very popular, you know, people doing yeah. uh, keto. And I try to be mindful when I'm going out and pay attention to the menu. If there's keto options or gluten-free options or vegetarian, vegan options. And I won't uh, – I'll try anything. So, you know, if I look at something like Vertical Diner, you know, a vegetarian, vegan type restaurant, I've had amazing meals there. Um, and uh, even though I'm not vegetarian, I'm up for trying that type of uh, food. You got some things on here, some some food, a, cu- a couple of your recent posts that I wouldn't mind chatting about because – Yeah, let's do it. Dude, this one place, Hall Pass, is that – Oh, the, my God. Dude, I, I, I haven't even Pass. heard of that place. Is what? that like that's a is that a new place here or what? Am oh just, yeah, have yeah. I been so, hiding out? Yeah, so Hall Pass popped up. Oh, that's uh, down at the Gateway. Okay, okay. Yeah. I remember hearing about this. Yeah, I want to say they popped up in 2019, maybe end of night, end of 19, maybe mid 19. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to say about then, and uh, you know, uh, COVID hit obviously, and they had to kind of restructure, do a lot of takeout, but uh, they're back at it now. You know, they're open. They got lunch open now. So really cool food hall. You know, they're Utah's first food hall, which in Utah, um, you know, no one even knew what a food hall was. I travel back east a decent amount, so I've been in a few of them. Uh, hall Pass is unique in the sense that it's a food hall, but all the concepts are uh, – owned by the same person so it's not like a uh, you know like a, a mall cafeteria where there's a bunch of different brands but all the concepts uh are unique uh which is very interesting you know you have an asian concept you have a seafood concept you in the back of hall pass there's this concept called skinny fats and skinny fats is really where hall pass came from uh so when Ooh, they came cats? to, Mm-mm. I was yes, going to say, Chrissy's oh making some gosh. faces over I... here that she's like going nuts. Mm, yes. Oh yeah, you, good. Have you? So skinny fast is awesome. Half the menu is skinny, half the menu is happy. So literally, it's like Jekyll Hyde. You will have a burger, and the burger it will be a similar variation, but you know, 410 calories, and then you'll have the same burger and they don't even disclose the calories because you know it's probably 2,000. <laughs> You're like, it doesn't matter. It tastes good, okay? <laughs> oh, and that's the, that's the cool thing is both sides, like, like again, you know, I'm, I lean towards high-calorie meals, crazy sauces, crazy ingredients. I think it really kind of bleeds through in the Instagram that uh, I'm not really counting calories. But I'll jump on the skinny side of that menu and I had a, a, what was it, like a, it was a steak 
sandwich. It was called Staycation, actually. And it was New York strip, really lean meat, arugula, tomato, and on a wheat bun. Really great sandwich, only 400 calories. Man, this might be a new favorite. And so this Reuben, <laughs> man, this lobster uh, Reuben deal that you posted a picture of, that looks pretty good, man. Oh, man. I tell you what, they don't skimp on the lobster. So that's from the concept called Colossal Lobster. And that menu is very small. It's this Reuben, lo- uh, Reuben lobster sandwich. They have Maine lobster roll, which is the mayo-based lobster roll. They have a Connecticut, which is my favorite. That's the butter-based lobster roll. Um, Pope nachos and a few other things on there. But they just really specialize in the seafood end. And they don't skip on the lobster. You go to so many spots and it's like, oh, yeah, it tasted a little bit of lobster. I mean, as you can see in the photo, this thing is just It's like legit. Yeah. It's usually a bunch of mayonnaise and then a couple of slivers of lobster. All right. I am Salt Lake Podcast listeners. We're going to take just a few minutes right now and share with you about a brand new adventure that I'm starting. And I want you all to be some of the first to hear about it. I've always loved homes. Each home has its own personality and its own story. And as many of you know, Chrissy and I bought a beautiful home with an amazing personality a few years back, and the experience was exciting, fast-paced, and challenging. I learned a lot during that journey, and now I'm excited to share my experience, knowledge, and pitfalls of home ownership with you. I recently became a licensed real estate agent here in the state of Utah and would love to help you or any of your friends or family that are looking to sell or buy a home. I'd love to be your realtor. Call or text me 801-244-2908 with any questions you have, or even if you just want to chat, or if it's easier, you can shoot me an email directly at chris at mybeardedutahrealtor.com. I can't wait to help you find your perfect home or just your perfect home for now. Open up Instagram during this inst- during this interview. Go to SLC Foodie. Make sure you're following first of all. But then, I mean, obviously, depending on when you're listening to this, I'm sure this picture is a few days back. But I mean, this this Try not to go oh get one. My gosh, That's what I, if you don't want to go get one, ridiculous. Something's wrong with you. What yeah, about I, what about these? Uh, this well, okay. So that's a giveaway. I was going to say I saw these Penny Ann's uh, French toast. You're doing a giveaway there, but Chrissy is a is a sucker for what Penny now? Ann's French toast. Penny Ann's and French toast. And well, those two that was a together? that was a picture. That was a picture. That giveaway. You're just that was a giveaway you're doing on your account. That was that was uh, my bad for even bringing up. Yeah. So the excited. account is. So the account. What I found over the, over the years is a post, right? Like yeah. you know, like the lobster the lobster Reuben post. If you can reach out to the restaurant and get them to host a giveaway with it while talking about the lobster Reuben sandwich. It just creates that even more of an impact for the actual restaurant. To See, create- this guy knows what's up. Yeah, yeah. They create that call to action. Yeah. So Penny Ann. So, uh, I've been going there since the main street location, you know, they just, they're celebrating 10 years beginning of June. They just hit 10 years. I remember when they first opened up in that apartment complex downtown and just going in there and saying, gosh, why do you call pancakes hotcakes? <laughs> <laughs> and look at them now. Yeah. And their breakfast nachos, holla. Oh, if you do not get aren't those, they amazing? Mm, yeah. Sorry. No, I'm just so know, hungry right yeah. now. <laughs> hey, I knew we would get into that, though, bringing Chase on the podcast. Are you more of a pancake or a French toast person? You know, 
I'm a French toast person at oh. every other restaurant Hell other than yeah. Penny oh. Ann's. Oh, other than Penny Ann's because their pancakes, they got, it has that sour cream base. They're moist. I don't have to smother them in butter and syrup. I can just eat them as they are, which is very unique. Everywhere else, I pick French toast. Mm-hmm. Because Chrissy and I have talked about this, and I'm definitely a pancake guy. I am not oh, yeah. really a French toast person. But he person. thinks like, it's so weird I always order French toast. Yeah, she orders French toast all the time. And I'm just like, I just never really met people that eat French toast. And it's great. But it's just like, it's, it's just wild. I, I mean, so Look, I it's a big issue ask. in our house. Yeah, I mean, this is an important. This is an important. We uh, literally wanted to bring you on here to settle food debates. So yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Penny Ann's, they, they have a, a great lineup. The stuffed French toast is amazing. I mean, that really should be a dessert. It's, it's that good. Yeah, me too on board with that. What's like another fun restaurant? Is there something that opened up during the pandemic that you've kind of discovered that, you know, it's really cool to, to see the people who started to come up with ideas and thrive during kind of this challenging time? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain on something that actually opened up and, and what would we consider, I guess, that time frame? Because the first thing that comes to mind is Flake Pie Co. They opened up, you know, while COVID was still up, you know, and, uh, you know, before the vaccine or anything like that. And they do, uh, mini pies, but gourmet pies. And they do these, uh, they're called flakies. And I went in there and I was like, that's a pop tart. They're like, well, we call it a, a flaky. And I go, oh, okay, okay, tell me about it. So they, my favorite Pop-Tart as a kid, you know, we get the three-pack, you know, strawberry, blueberry, and cinnamon. I was all, mm -hmm. you know, team cinnamon, right? Well, they have a brown sugar cinnamon flaky that literally is an adult Pop-Tart. I, I once a week, it. I get cool? one of these. Oh, it looks so good. Yeah, it, yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we're gonna look gonna them up and bring them on. I am Salt Lake. We're gonna bring them on. I am Salt Lake, and, and you should. Like a, you should. It's like a croissant. It's like a gourmet croissant type pop tart looking yum yum. Where are they located? What's do you have the address there in front of you, Chrissy? Oh uh, no, just let's see. I, oh, I do. I think or a somewhere. website or something. Flakepie.com. Yep. So they're yeah. Flake. I, yeah, I think that's the website. They're in just in South Georgia, just off Redwood and 106. Okay. So that's, yeah, pretty easy to find there. Yeah, yeah good spot. To, to try that out. Yeah, there's all kinds of good stuff opening up in that area there over on 106th. And any other places come to mind? Any other any other recent places? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, I got a, I got a list of recent spots for you. Um, <laughs> uh, Rock Taco. This place is insane. It is my favorite thing, my favorite food. If I had to pick one cuisine to live off the rest of my life, it'd be Mexican food. Well, they take tacos. And they spread them across all types of cuisines. You go in there, you can get a Kansas City barbecue taco. You, you could grab a chimichurri with chimichurri sauce. You can get a carne asada taco that has a Parmesan uh, tortilla, which, you know, would help uh, you being gluten-free. That would uh, jump on your keto. That one's yeah. great for keto. That's they do really fish cool. tacos. Tiki masala tacos. They got a Lebanese taco. They got a Korean taco. It's it's like a, a fusion of all these amazing cuisines in one spot. And the crazy thing is, is they do everything so well. I've had so many people DM me and they said it's so refreshing to go to a spot that has so much hype and it deliver. Hmm. 
to try that place out, Rock Taco. Rock Taco. And it's in a cool spot, too. It's on Edison Street downtown between, uh, I want to say, 2nd and 3rd South, just off of State Street there, just east of it. It's on a, a, I I mean, when I started SLC Foodie, you probably wouldn't want to walk down that street in the middle of the night. Now they've revamped it, has Campos Coffee on the street. You got Curry Up Now. There's a speakeasy. It, it's a cool street to be on. All brick. They got they have a like a storage container that goes on like big ships. You know, people making the houses out of those storage containers. They literally cut a hole in the building and slid it in the building, and that's the kitchen. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's way cool, dude. Okay, here's a here's a question for you. I'm going to see if I can explain. It shouldn't be too difficult to understand. But you eat at a lot of restaurants. You eat at a lot of food establishments here in Salt Lake City. Yes. What is something that you see? I'm sure you've seen the same places that you've eaten at go out of business, right? So you you probably have feedback that you could have given to these restaurants, you in these places. I mean, or maybe not. I don't know. And or like got, ideas of what? Yeah, may have man. Helped. Do you have any like advice that you would give play or, or that you would see? You're like, hey, you guys, if you guys would have, I don't know if I'm making sense. I okay, don't know. Quick trips that help people get their yummy food. Marketing using social media to market to your audience. I've seen so many restaurants that have great concept, great food, good atmosphere, but they drop it when it comes to marketing. They're in that 1990s fax machine. I'm just going to mail out mailers and that will get people through my door. I was actually just talking to a great uh, restaurant entrepreneur. His name's Michael McHenry. You should get him on the show. Uh, he owns quite a few restaurants, just opened a new one in Sandy called Sunday's Best. Amazing. I mean, he hits it on every mark and he hits it on marketing. He knows how to create and connect with people. People are on their phones like four or five hours per a day. Every restaurant that has, has went out of business recently, I literally could look at their Instagram if they even had one and just point at, hey, this could have been done just a little bit different. And it doesn't take a ton of effort, especially if you're in the restaurant. You're, you know, your plates are coming out every day. Just snap a few photos, write a caption, throw it out there, be consistent. Restaurants, you never have to worry about like posting too much. It's, it's simple, but it's different. And it's a new idea and it's catching on more and more and more. I'm seeing bigger and bigger corporations starting to switch marketing dollars from you know money mailers in the mail uh you know I, I literally all that stuff in my mailbox goes right in my recycle bin i'd never even look at it well yeah. exactly or they you know or maybe if they don't want to do it they could always work with with people like yourself with accounts like yourself yeah and, no 100 percent. hey you, reach know, out you come and post it to to your audience and, and talk about it yeah so i'm i'm a little different in that sense where if a restaurant reaches out to me and they say, hey, how do we get on your feed? You know, we want some exposure. I have to go in there myself, try it out and love it before I'll even think about talking about it. That's one thing that uh, I wanted to keep 100% authentic from the very get-go is everything on my feed is just all love. I eat out every single day almost, but I'm, what, I only have, what, 580 posts in nine years? So every place obviously is a home run. It's probably like one in five. But my thought process is when I go out and have a great meal, I'm spending hard-earned money. I would hate to just get paid to talk about somewhere 
and then someone, you know, a friend of the community go out, go there and have a horrible experience. That's my worst fear. They, if they message me, I'd probably Venmo them the, the bill. <laughs> hey, that, that is standing by your word. That's impressive. Dude, so let, let's talk about this. So you're, you do like a segment on Fox 13. I think it's pretty cool, man. Like, how did that happen? How did that start for you, man? Oh man, I tell you what, that, that was the most like nerve wracking thing of my life, uh, getting in front of a camera that hundred percent, not me about three years ago, uh, good things, Utah, Nisha, she reached out to me. She's a host on the, that, uh, segment. And she said, Hey, uh, been a long time follower. I'd love to get you in the studio. And I, you know, you can like preview a message before you open it. Yeah. I saw get you in the studio. And I, on purpose, didn't open it for almost three months because I didn't want to leave her on scene. (laughs) (laughs) I was nervous. So, you know, uh, and then three months later, I opened it, read the rest of the message. And I said, gosh, I'm just busy. You know, I got a daytime job and I'd love to get in, but I'm nervous. And she's like, oh, it's just a conversation. So another three months goes by. I come in you know, sweating bullets, the studio's like 50 degrees and I feel like I'm in a sauna. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard with cameras on you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, and it's live. So, you know, that doesn't, that, uh, that doesn't help out too much when you know you can't like just stop the camera. But I tell you what, went on there and it was just like a conversation. Like I'm talking to friends, like I'm talking to you guys, you know, I am just so passionate about it. It just flowed out my mouth. And, you know, long story short, I did a few segments for them. Fox saw me. They reached out and said, hey, we'd love to have you on. I did a couple segments. They're like, we want to have you on monthly. And then when uh, COVID hit last March, they said, hey, we really want to pound the pavement and support local restaurants. Can you come on once a week? So it's been a weekly segment for over a year now. I just rolled over 100, uh, 100 TV segments. Nice job. Dude, that is so awesome. Now, it's, it's, it's definitely a humbling experience. It makes me really happy. I'm really glad that they reached out to you at this time, too, because that was kind of one thing that we wanted to focus on in the last couple of years is keeping local restaurants um, in front of people and reminding them that they can still access them. Yeah. And so it's, it's really cool to hear that multiple people were on board trying to achieve that goal. Oh, I tell you what, the love for the restaurant community when COVID hit was nothing short of a miracle. I mean, owners connecting, people creating websites, uh, GoFundMes, just getting people out. Um, You know, I mentioned Michael McHenry earlier. He became like the voice of the restaurant owners. He was really, really out there saying, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to pivot to the new standards. He made his restaurants beautiful inside, even though the tables were six feet away. He brought in like live plants between them. And, uh, you know, it, you just got to adapt and continue going forward and you'll succeed. Absolutely. I think that's where a lot of people fail is they, they just don't adapt and they don't pivot and they don't change when it's needed. It's hard. It's hard to see when, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty too. So it's nice to have people leading a charge for things that not, not everybody can see like that. Oh yeah. I tell you what, it, 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 more, more restaurant owners should listen and, you know, follow him on social media, him and Ethan from thirst. Those two guys are just like, they are like looking forward and constantly adapting and creating that 
intimate experience with everyone that walks through the door, which not many restaurants can. And COVID, unfortunately, took a lot of my favorites, like uh, Red Butte Cafe, you know, around for 20 plus years. They shut down. Martins, they shut down. Uh, Cannolis, I think they were like 36 years. Blue Plate Diner. I mean, these are places that were on like diners, drive-ins and dives that are just ending. Yeah. And I tell you what, I, I look at it and I'm just like, they weren't on social. They didn't interact with like the new customer. They kept connected with, you know, the individuals that frequented them, but they didn't pivot. And, you know, maybe that was by choice. Maybe it wasn't. But it's it's just sad to see these these Salt Lake favorites. You know, these were the staples when I started SLC Foodie uh, nine years ago. What do you think of things like food deliveries? Like, like, do you do the uh, like home delivery much with food or do you like the out eating out experience? I'm all about the experience. You know, COVID, if a restaurant was open, I went into the restaurant. It didn't okay. stop me. I'm not a big fan of DoorDash or Uber Eats. And it's just because I talk to the restaurant owners all the time. I love listening to their side of it and pretending like I own a restaurant. I get to live through them. And those services take such a chunk out. Like people don't realize that that delivery, you know, if they can drive down to the restaurant or if they can order directly through the restaurant, the restaurant will get a, get a lot more of those dollars. Yeah, that's that's so true. It's it's such a double edged sword sometimes to hear about it because in some ways those have helped businesses stay afloat a little bit, but it really does suck how much it takes from the the smaller business owner. And, and that's what's hard. It's hard to know what to do. It's hard to know what the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know. Um, we you know we've had what is that Chef Pansy? Oh yeah, yeah. Chef Pansy. The local yeah. food. They're 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 kind of like a local Uber Eats. Uh, seems Focusing like, on uh, the yeah smaller. Yeah, so I mean we've we've had you know we've talked to them on the podcast and it seems like they have a good thing going. I mean because I definitely am a fan of food delivery, especially uh, this last year with staying home more. I mean it definitely became more of our household. Uh, you have a wife who has been waiting to sit at home and click a button and have stuff brought to her <laughs> since she was like eight years old. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it was you kind know, of a problem. No, but I mean, it has a place, but I think we need to still go to these establishments and go in and experience, you know, cause, cause that's eating out. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like going to a movie theater, right? Like where you get the popcorn and you get the soda and it's, it's the movie theater experience. And I think right. there's a part of that when you go into a restaurant, you're getting the restaurant experience. I completely agree with you. It's. And a lot of times you remember that more than the food. You really do. I mean, I'll drop Michael once more. His his restaurants, I always joke, you know you're in a, a Michael McHenry restaurant when you go into the restroom and the restroom impresses you. <laughs> it's just like so nice. You want to stay there. Very yeah, true. Just like, yeah, what man, is Ginger that? Like, Street, I went there right before everything kind of shut down and I was just like, oh man, I got to keep coming here. And then we had to go home. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, it, it's quite the experience. But no, I love Chef Pansy. Indu and Caleb, I tell you what, they're just like local advocates. Uh, you know, when they initially started Chef Pansy, the whole idea was connecting directly with the chef. Like these chefs that maybe were working at these chain restaurants, but they had the skill set, but they didn't have the dollars to be able to like get out and, you know, even do a food truck. So uh, Chef Pansy, that was the original concept for those guys. Let's uh, we have a few uh, Salt Lake City questions that we ask everybody here, man. So this is like a perfect place to kind of segue into that as uh, we kind of 
start winding the podcast episode down. We have a few few uh, questions we ask. So you have family and friends that visit you from time to time here, buddy. I know uh, we all do. I have friends that come up from California or Florida or something, and they're like, hey, show me around. Show me around Salt Lake City. Show me, give me the tour. Where are some places you like to take them to or, or buildings or areas? Uh, and when I say Salt Lake City, I say the valley, the mountain. I mean, the, the area, you know, Utah in general. Some people even were like, oh, I'll take my friends to Park City or I'll take my family and friends to, you know, the Salt Lake or maybe even Moab. They'll sneak down. <laughs> yeah, even, even down to the Red Rocks. Yeah, that's so, acceptable. I mean, do you, do you have a few places that you like to take people and show off, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I love downtown Salt Lake. I love yeah. the vibe. I love the energy. You know, when I started this account, I lived on third and third, um, in a studio apartment. I, 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 it was during the hipster phase. So I had the fixed gear bike, you know, with no stickers, just completely, you know, neon green. And I just like vividly remember riding my bike, you know, down on the street, just downtown like 8 p.m. and just thinking to myself, wow, I t- like Salt Lake is just such an amazing city to be in. What about, okay, this is going to be a tough question to ask you because we've already talked about a lot of food and I know you eat at a lot of places, but we do ask people their favorite local eating spots. So I'm trying to figure out a way that I could word this for you that might be a little bit different for you, unless you do have a couple of favorites that you want to talk about. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I got a lot of favorites, but uh, uh, places that I go to consistently, I guess, when I like in between. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, Hall Pass, you know, I know we talked about them earlier. They have such a wide menu. I go in there all the time and it probably shows in my feed because probably like every six to seven posts or probably like a hall pass post, but it's just because it's like six restaurants in one. (laughs) Um, Another place that I go to all too often, I would say is curry pizza. I love their pizza. So unique implementing those Indian flavors into the sauces and the ingredients. That is one of my go-tos for sure. Very cool. Is there anything you would change about about Salt Lake City if you could or about the area? Like let's say you just had a magical power or you were the mayor or however you want to interpret that question. Gosh, that's that's a that's a difficult you know, if it was ten years ago, I would say, you know, having more uh, variety, you know, having but Salt Lake's evolved, you know, ten years ago we wouldn't see a rock taco. You know, we wouldn't see a Cecilia Mia. You know, none of these concepts, it was Olive Garden and, you know, for your tacos, you were going to Taco Bell, right? And that was the, that was kind of the food scene for Utah was, was a bunch of chains, but these original concepts have started jumping up and I'm just, I'm just, you know, happy, happy as I can be. I, I don't think I would change anything about Salt Lake right now. I love it. Nice. Nice. It's a good answer, man. Cause you know, it's, it's, if you change it, maybe you wouldn't like the city, right? That's what I tell people. It's- yeah. I, I tell you what, it's, it's, there's not much I can even think of. Maybe, maybe doing Twilight at, uh, at Pioneer Park with no fences, no cover. That, those were the good old days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or you can go back to Gallivan Center. Yeah, the original. Yeah, yeah. down at the Gallivan Center. Man, yeah. you guys are so old. I know, right? <laughs> We're showing our age. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm so glad that we finally got you on the podcast. I want to I wanna get you back through here, man. We'll have to do some catch-ups yeah. and like, like food places and stuff like that. But It's nice uh, to hear an expert opinion. Yeah, man. Like,
like uh, you're out there, you're out there eating at these great places. And I can't urge people enough to go follow uh, SLC Foodie on Instagram uh, to, to stay up to date on what's going on in, 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 or what's, what's to eat, I guess, in Salt Lake City. No, yeah, especially if you're like meeting people for work and you're all trying to decide where to go and nobody can agree on what food looks good, open it up. Open up Instagram. I tell you what, I, I joke all the time. I've probably saved so many marriages. I, I've gotten so many DMs from people basically <laughs> saying they use my feed like Russian roulette. They just fling it and wherever their finger stops is where they're going. <laughs> you need to be like the food therapist. Dude, that's Saving actually, relationships through food. That's a good idea. Like you should create like a like some some dice or something that you can roll. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then there's Get like a picture. Come over here. We're gonna plan to your eat, whole future. <laughs> but um, I love it. Chrissy has a final question. She asks everybody that comes through here. Chase, I'm gonna let her ask you. Thank you again for doing the podcast. Um, I'll have all the links to connect with you at IamSaltLake.com with this episode. And uh, any other things you well before I com- before I have Chrissy ask you the question is there anything that you want to talk about really quick while we're still recording is there anything you wanted to promote or no you know I I think you really covered it I mean SLC foodie I'm just average Joe out here you know I I don't hold myself out as a food critic you'll see a big variety on there you'll see a two dollar burger you'll see a $50 burger. I'm all about the experience great food different ingredients the atmosphere but giving you a real, real life opinion of it, not uh, not a paid opinion. Rare in these times. Very important. I like it. Um, seriously, thank you so much for coming on and like your positive ad- attitude and energy. And it's been really nice to to get to know you a little bit more and hear about all the places that you frequent. But before we let you go, could you leave us with a piece of life advice or a motto that you live by? Uh, you know. I am a constant learner. I'm constantly learning. And, uh, you know, food is just one of those things. But, uh, you know, stick with your passions. I had no idea nine years ago that uh, SLC Foodie would be where it is. And if I had, you know, doubted myself or uh, said no to, you know, no, I can't do that or no, I'm too afraid to do TV. I, I tell you what, there's very few things I'll say no to with SLC Foodie. Thanks again to Chase from SLC Foodie for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our podcast website at IamSaltLake.com. And to find this episode specifically, you can type IamSaltLake.com slash 488 in your browser. And I was serious. Go follow him on Instagram. Check out all the rad food and then go leave comments and be like, hey, we heard you on I Am Salt Lake podcast, dude. You were awesome. You were yeah, awesome. man. And then go eat the foodie posts and tell him how great it was, yeah, too. Yeah, that works. It looks yummy. Hey, really quickly, a few ways you can support this podcast. We can use all all the support out there. Uh, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Uh, this costs you nothing. This lets uh, you know the world know what you think of the podcast. And better yet, it lets Chrissy and I know what you think of the podcast. Or you can become a Patreon supporter. This is super easy. Uh, you can do this as, for as little as like a dollar or two. You know, keeps the podcast going, keeps it moving uh, forward. All right, you guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local, and we're going to see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy.